Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby, and today we are going to be giving a little bit of a reintroduction to myself and what this podcast is about. Because I will, I guess let's get right into it. I have been accepted into the podcast radio network on where they actually play podcasts on the radio on the air. And my podcast is being featured every Tuesday at nine o'clock Eastern on 102.6 in New York. And you can definitely check out the website podcastradio.com or podcastradionetwork.com. And there are a lot of awesome podcasts on there. Actually, one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to uh, have, I think, I think they've actually, I've run some ads for them on this podcast, Secret Transmission Radio. And I, I try to listen as much as I can, but I do like it because I'm always into that paranormal, uh, you know, UFO, Bigfoot type stuff. I, I, I grew up really loving that stuff. Um, you know, Project Blue Book, one of the, you know, most famous UFO pieces. And um, I mean, it's not just secret transmission on there, but there's a lot of other awesome podcasts. So I implore you all to check out Podcast Radio Network. And if you're listening to me from Podcast Radio Network, I just want to say welcome. And this is Magic with Zuby. Now, before we begin, before I get into introducing myself and who I am and what Magic the Gathering is, let's get some ads out of the way. This episode is featured on LegitMTG.com. LegitMTG.com not only has some really well-written articles, but also offers free shipping on all orders over $2 or more. Ever get tired of going to other sites and just have to buy some cheap singles and shipping costs more than what you're buying? No more. Any order over $2 or more has free shipping at LegitMTG.com. This week's episode is brought to you by Horizon Datasys makers of Rollback RX. Do you ever wish you could take your PC back in time and restore it to a pristine state? Rollback RX not only allows you to bring your machine back to any point in time, but it's a great way to recover from a bad driver update, viruses, or even a botched installation. Horizon Datasys doesn't tend to discount their product often as they know it's going to save you hundreds of dollars in recovering your PC. But for listeners of Magic Wazubi, they provided us an exclusive discount. Account. Visit https colon slash slash goo.gl slash capital D I capital B V A capital F for 25% off rollback RX. And as usual, I will be sure to tweet out that link. You can find the Magic Wazubi podcast on the following iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, MTGcast.com, and now brand new podcastradionetwork.com on every Tuesday at 9 o'clock Eastern. If you wish to email Magic Wazubi for any questions, complaints, feedback, you can email me at mtgzubi at gmail.com. Magic Wazubi is also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Magic as well as Twitter at Magic Don't forget to hit that like button and smash that subscribe button to the Magic Wazubi YouTube channel. Just search for Magic Wazubi on YouTube. I also do some product openings, and I'm still debating whether or not I want to do deck techs on there. Um... I do, but then there's a time issue, time constraint, and then plus I also want to make it look better too. So that's another problem of mine. Also, be sure to subscribe and review Magic Wazubi on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Don't forget that you can also become a patron of mine on patreon.com slash magic There are a lot of rewards for becoming a patron. Also, if you join the 
I have it separated by four tiers, common, uncommon, rare, and mythic rare. If you join uncommon and above, you get to choose a topic I talk about on the podcast. So let's talk about who I am first. And like I said, we're we're brand new to the podcast radio network. So there may be a lot of listeners out there that aren't really familiar with magic, the gathering or really know what it is. Um, so I started this podcast about a year ago, uh, Magic Wazubi. I really started it on a whim. Um, I had the one of the one of the guys who gave me the idea, uh, Corey Maples, on a couple episodes ago to interview him. And he just gave me this idea and really said, you know, you're really passionate about Magic the Gathering. Why don't you start a blog or a podcast or something? And boom, it was this was born. Um I'm honestly surprised I've lasted this long because not, not that I, you know, don't follow through with stuff. It's just, I, I've known myself in the past when I start projects like this, like YouTube or blogging or Twitter, anything like that. I just, you know, don't follow through with it or I may do it a couple months and just stop. Um, that's how, that's what happened with streaming when I would try to stream video games. Um, I know I've tried to revive my YouTube channel before with other stuff and just, you know, never gets through, but magic Azubi, I'm really proud that I'm, yeah, it's been a year now. Um, I don't, I can't remember what day was exactly the first episode aired, but I know I started recording episodes at the end of January of last year because I recorded like three episodes before I released them onto iTunes. And it's, it's, it's gotten pretty, pretty, or uh, pretty, um, I wouldn't say like popular, but I guess it's gotten bigger than I thought it would be. In the terms of the listeners that I've gotten and the response that I've gotten, I've been really happy about it. And, you know, I wouldn't be here without without you guys, the listeners, if you know, if you because there's been a lot of times where I just feel like I'm talking to no one. Yet when I get that response, it's just reminds me like, okay, awesome. There are people listening only even if it's a small amount. It's really cool. So about me. When it comes to Magic the Gathering, I have been playing the game since, oh, I want to say 1996, 97. Um, I remember like the first set of cards I ever owned were from Urza Saga. And I can just remember, you know, going to the comic shop right down, right now, or, you know, a couple miles away from my house as a kid and they had a small little display of these magic, the gathering cards. And I know at the time as a kid, I was really into collecting baseball cards. I was obsessed with baseball. I would, I would even, I can remember playing little baseball games with my baseball cards. Like I had to have them all. Um, shit. I think I even remember the most expensive baseball card I had at the time was a, a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. I don't remember which one or whatever. It, I'd have to look it up because I'd know it when I see it. But it, and maybe now would be worth a couple hundred bucks or something like that. But yeah, I used to be really into baseball cards. And then finding out about magic cards, I don't even remember how I found out. 
but I can just remember getting these packs of magic cards. And the thing that drew me right away was not the gameplay because I didn't really play the game at first. It was, it was the art. The art was what really drew me to magic. The gathering. It was, um, a lot of fantasy art. Uh, it, it was just, I, it's, it's hard to describe because when you see it, it's just, you know, back then at that time they had, you know, that was all hand drawn at the time. It's not very, it's not really computer generated as it is now. Um, and it was just, they're just really beautiful pieces of art, you know, especially look up a lot of the stuff from alpha to Urza's. Uh, that's probably some of my favorite errors of art when you look at the magic card pieces, but so what happens is, you know, you just like with everything you fall in and out of stuff. I fallen in and out of mad out of magic. Um, you know, I started in Urza's then I left, um, had to have been before. I know it was before eighth edition, but came back during Kamigawa Ravnica left again. And, I I firmly came back and I've stayed there since Innistrad. No, M13 had just come out. So I remember playing standard during Innistrad and returned to Ravnica. And that is my quote unquote little career when it comes to Magic the Gathering. And um, since then, you know, I've been addicted to all formats of the game. But as far as me, myself personally, I am a father of two wonderful daughters. I am married, happily married. We've been married. Oh, geez. It's been seven years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because our seventh anniversary just passed us by. Geez, it doesn't even seem that long. But we've been together for over 10 years. And, um, you know, she's the love of my life. I love her very much. And I hope you're listening to this, Elizabeth, because just letting you know that I love you so much and you've been with me through thick and thin. She's at, she's been on the podcast, um, I think two times, one as one of my skits in Bob Plays Magic, and she was actually on last week's episode doing the intro and some of the advertisements with me. And, you know, she she has played Magic before. She plays, she'll play Magic with me if I really, really you know, almost beg her <laughs> to get her into like, please, please, please let's play. Let's play because I, I enjoy playing with my kids, but you know, my kids only understand the strategy, you know, so, so much, you know, we play very simple decks when I play with the kids, but my wife and I, we can play at least a little bit more complicated decks. So I get more of that strategy feeling out of it. And, um, but no lately, actually it's funny because we wanted to start doing family game night and here I am off on another tangent, but we wanted to start doing family game night and she actually suggested we do D and D as game night. And oh my gosh, it made me fall in love with her all over again because I've actually been developing a RPG system for well over 10 years. And, um, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, I, I mean, I haven't been working on it straight for 10 years. It, it ha it's been basically remain untouched for two, about two years, but you know, uh, there's been a lot of work done with it. And now we are playing it with my kids instead of, I'm not really going to Friday night magic right now, but it, our, our Friday nights have sort of turned into D and D family night. Uh, we just had our D and D family night last night and my wife was the DM for the first time. And 
she freaking killed us all. I mean, Jesus, her campaign was rough. I mean, it was basically, she was almost sort of retelling the story of Beauty and the Beast and me, I decided to become a holy dwarf paladin, you know, being a man of God and just um, tried to smite the beast. And of course, she made the beast way too powerful and he killed us all. Uh, it was all it was all my fault because I was trying to um purify the the castle or whatever whatever place he li- the beast lived in and you know try to get rid of its evil and kill everything inside because you know I'm a paladin kill anything that's evil but, or okay that's really tangent uh, off tangent there that that's what happens a lot in this podcast I go on rants and or just really go off tangent off topic um that was really off topic but um anyways. Uh, by day, I am a network engineer for a healthcare company. Uh, really, really fun stuff. You know, working on networks, fire firewalls, routers, switches, all that sort of stuff. I also deal with a lot of the company websites as well, mainly SharePoint. If you have to deal with SharePoint, I am so sorry. I hate it. I hate it with a passion. But, I mean, it does some good things. It's great. Not really. I hate it. But it's Microsoft. What can you do? Uh, yeah, so that's about it. That's me in a nutshell of who I am. And so, like I said, I'm really trying to gear this towards new listeners who may not really understand what Magic the Gathering is. So I asked some of my listeners and some some people that I follow or that follow me, I should say, how would you describe Magic the Gathering to someone who's never played before? And here are some answers that I got. Uh, the first one from DL Jeff is, I'd say it's Mad Ilbic. Get up her and scram some with me. I'm not sure what that really says. Uh, another one from Mildly Vain has said, it's a combo of chess and poker if they had thousands of pieces and cards. But I think the best answer comes from one of my followers, Joe Watson, a complex trading card game with a huge catalog of cards and a very loyal fan base. Take some understanding, take some understanding, but that all pays off in the end. So some really good answer there, people. And um, so basically, what is Magic the Gathering? Magic the Gathering is at its simplest core, a card game. And it's not just any sort of card game. It is the card game that has spawned off multiple multiple card games throughout the years uh, it's a trading card game um so what other games has it spawned off it spawned off pokemon the card game Yu-Gi-Oh the card game uh hearthstone has been heavily influenced by it i mean just th- think of a card game and i'm sure it has been inspired in some way or another by Magic the Gathering, uh, Star Wars, um, Eternal, uh, Hex TCG, uh, Pokemon again. You know, there's Magic the Gathering is frequently referred to as like the father of trading card games or collectible card games. It is the most popular card game out there. Uh, And why I like to think it's really popular is because there's not just one way to play the game. There are many, many ways to play the game. And I will get into that really shortly here. But it's also it's also a game that brings a lot of people together face to face. It does have a digital presence and we won't really get into that. But 
the, it really brings people together, you know, whether it's around the kitchen table or a game store. And it's, it's one of those games that really brings you together and it's about having fun. Um, and that's one of the things that I love about magic, the gathering. It really brings a lot of good people around together and it's just fun. Um, so that's what magic, the gathering is in a nutshell. Um, like I said, it started in 1993. I want to say, um, let me just make sure here. So I'm not looking like a fool because I pity the fool. And Magic the Gathering. Yeah, first published in 1993 by Richard Garfield, the publisher Wizards of the Coast. You'll frequently hear me say Wizards of the Coast is Watsy, W O T C, just a short acronym. And there have been many sets of cards coming out since 1993. And they're the latest set that just came out, it was Aether Revolt. In January, and there's another set due to come out in April. So yeah, there's always sets coming out. There's always new cards. I think last I saw when, when there was some numbers game, there was over 16,000 unique magic cards. So that gives you possibility of, I mean, just, just think about the possibility of decks that you can create. And Magic Gathering. Magic Gathering, your deck is a 60-card deck. You can have no more than four of a single unique card. Um, basic lands do not count. Uh, then you have a 15-card sideboard. So your deck is 75 cards, but some people just play 60-card you know, decks and no sideboard. Uh, there are five colors in Magic. Each color has its own unique personality to it there's white blue black red and green uh white is sort of the color of order equality and righteousness healing law and law blue is the color of intellect reason reason illusion logic and knowledge black is the color of power ambition greed death and illness corruption red is the color of freedom chaos passion creativity and impulse green is the color of life nature reality evolution adaptability and all of them have their own, like I said, they have their own personality. They all have little things that they can do that the other color can't. And what's awesome about it is you can mix and mash these colors together and to create some really powerful decks. And one of the things that has always drawn me to magic is not only the creativity that you can get from building a deck, but also how no game plays out the same. And it's, and it's a, it's a really big thinking person's game. You know, there's a lot of thought behind it. There's a lot of strategy behind it. Um, you know, it's it, uh, a lot of people will compare it to wizard, you know, or poker, you know, it's sort of, or no, not poker, um, chess. And, you know, it sort of is very similar to chess, you know, because it's you and one other person and you're trying to one-up the other person. Um, so, uh, like I was saying before, there are lots of ways to play Magic the Gathering as well. And I think that is probably the best part of magic the gathering there are so many of what they call formats 
uh, the most popular format is standard, which only involves the sets and expansions that have come out in the past two years. So that so with standard, your card pool, your pool of cards that are actually quote unquote legal in the format is very small. It's probably anywhere from like six to eight hundred cards. You know, very small uh, pool of cards there. Uh, the other really popular format is called Modern, which is uh, starts off in 8th edition, which came out of, what, 2000, 2001, I think, all the way from the set that just got released, Aether of Revolt. And that card pool is much, much bigger, you know, probably about five to 6,000 unique cards, something like that. And, you know, you're your variety of decks become even greater. The diversity of decks become even greater. Uh, then you have the other really popular format, Legacy. Legacy involves every single card from the very first set to the set that just came out last month, Aether Revolt. So from Alpha, which is what they call the very first set, to Aether Revolt. And you can imagine the deck diversity there is very, very great as well. Um, there are banned cards in that format as well. I mean, there's banned cards in all formats because some cards that get printed are just a little bit too good and tend to dominate. But the the most notable cards that are banned in Legacy are what to are what is re mainly referred as the Power Nine, and the Power Nine are considered to be among the most powerful cards in the game and they're banned in legacy for good reason uh these cards are i mean this this even goes on into mainstream media sometimes where someone has actually pulled a black lotus which can be worth up to you know normally a regular black lotus white border black lotus can be anywhere from three to five thousand dollars yes i mean people will pay that much money for it but the alpha or beta versions of black lotus can go upwards of 10 to 20 grand depending on the condition but the black lotus the ancestral recall time walk Mox Pearl, Mox Sapphire, Mox Jet, Mox Ruby, Mox Emerald, and Time Twister are considered to be the Power Nine. They are extremely powerful cards in the game, and they are banned in Legacy. Uh, they can be played, however, in a restricted way in a format called Vintage, which allows every single card, even banned cards, from Alpha to Aether Revolt. And if a card they they don't exactly ban they don't ban cards in vintage they restrict them so instead of being able to play four of one unique card you can only play one of so in vintage you can play one of each of the power nine and the power nine are extremely expensive cards um so those are the main formats that i like to mention before i start going off into the other ones um they're all 60 card main deck formats with 15 card sideboards uh so once again that's standard modern legacy and vintage um standard is usually the most popular one because that's where a lot of new players 
tend to start in. And then modern is probably the most second popular format. And then legacy and vintage. Uh, there, there is stuff going around where legacy and vintage are not nearly as popular because one, the cost of the formats are really high um, to get in. I mean, you're looking at one to $2,000 decks. Uh, vintage decks can be 10,000 plus. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it sounds silly that we're talking about cards that are worth, you know, one to $2,000 or, or even more $10,000 cards. But, you know, people will pay money for this. It's at first, you know, when I was really starting to get back into magic, I would sort of scoff like who would pay even 10 bucks for a single piece of cardboard. But, you know, you come to realize that a lot of people have hobbies that they will pay money into. And, you know, if that's what people are into and they want to spend, you know, a couple thousand dollars in a deck of cards, more power to them. I mean, it's not my money, you know, but it I mean, there are arguments that um, go on that decks should not be that uh, expensive because it restricts players from being able to play in those formats. So here are some of the other formats that Magic the Gathering can be played in. Another really popular format that is played in Magic the Gathering, uh, they are, it's called Limited. Um, the ones that I just mentioned before, uh, Standard, Modern, Legacy, and Vintage, those are what we called constructed formats. Uh, constructed meaning that you build a deck ahead of time and then bring it to a store, bring it to your kitchen table and play. Uh, limited means that you build a deck on the fly. So one of the most popular ways of doing limited is called a booster draft. Uh, in Magic the Gathering, you buy these booster packs and you, when you open them up, they come with 15 cards, uh, completely random cards. It's, what is it, uh, 11 commons, 3 uncommons, and 1 rare, or is it 14 cards? I think it's 14 cards, um, wh wh whatever it is. But um, so in booster draft, uh, typically it's you and seven other people. Uh, you all sit on a table and you all have three booster packs. Uh, everyone opens up one booster pack at a time and you pick a card that you like in that pack and you pass it to the person on the left. And then uh, same thing over and over again until everyone has picked at least 14 cards. So. And then you do the same thing for the next two packs. You pass them to the person on the right and then again to the person on the left for the third pack. So then at the end of when you're all drafting, you build a deck out of that. And usually people will provide the basic lands. And those are 40 card decks. Uh, booster draft can be really, really fun. And I don't exactly recommend it right away to new people. Uh, it, maybe at least just learn the basic rules of magic before diving into booster draft. But booster draft, you know, sort of sets everybody on an even playing field because, you know, you could pick a lot of bad cards, but still somehow manage to win uh, depending on your player skill. Another way to play limited, it's an another really good way, is called sealed. Sealed is you have six booster packs and you open them up and build a 40-card deck out of that. That doesn't sound too hard, right? Uh, most events that are called pre-releases where whenever a set comes out, there is what they call a pre-release. The pre-release comes out or starts 
a week before the set officially releases is just sort of a way to allow players to play with those cards before they're officially released. Um, Pre-releases can be a lot of fun and they're very, very casual events. They're not very competitive at all. Um, All the sealed event or not sealed uh, pre-release events I've been to have been pretty fun. So with sealed, instead of, you know, you having a booster pack, taking one card out of it and passing it to the person next to you, you have the six booster packs, you open them all up and you build a deck with whatever you get. The downside to sealed is you could open up six really bad booster packs and you're stuck with a really bad deck while the person next to you, when they open up their six booster packs, they could have opened up nothing but really, really awesome cards. Um, so sometimes it doesn't put you on an even playing field, but it's still a lot of fun. It's I've always felt that sealed is a lot harder than draft. That's just my personal opinion. Another <laughs> way to play limited, and there's going to be an episode about this very, very soon, is called Cube. Um, I am not very big on Cube because I don't really play it, but Cube is a sort of like booster draft, but it's someone has made the pool of cards ahead of time they have built what they call a quote-unquote cube as in they decide what cards are going to be put into these little booster packs to make it really to make it for fun it limited environment um you know a lot of people build what they call powered cubes that have the power nine so you can draft a black lotus uh and or, you know, they do what they call popper cubes, which is nothing but common cards or peasant cubes, which include commons and uncommons. So those are the three main limited formats when it comes to Magic the Gathering. When we get into some other constructed formats, another really popular format that I consider a very casual format is called Commander. Commander is one of the more relaxing formats of Magic. It is not not for new players right away because one commander can be extremely complicated, but one of the best ways I heard that commander can be described as it's the sandbox of magic, the gathering where you're you're you have access to every single card. I mean, there is a ban list of course, but you have access to every single card from alpha to the newest set. And they also make up special commander sets wizards make special commander sets every year since what is it 2013 and um a lot of those sets are a lot of fun and so commander is you make a hundred card deck and your quote-unquote commander is so say you have a a red blue commander those are the only colors that can be in that deck red and blue and you can only have one of each card not including basic lands so instead of like how in standard modern legacy where you can have four of a unique card in commander you can only have one there is another constructed format i didn't mention and it was actually i had a whole episode about it uh last week and that is called popper popper is the one of the only formats that actually um is restricted by rarity so 
when I mean by rarity, there are four rarities in magic. There's common, uncommon, rare, and mythic rare. A mythic rare, of course, is extremely rare to find when it comes to opening booster packs. And common is the most common card you'll find in booster packs because there's, what, 10 of them. And in popper, you're limited to only common cards that have been printed as commons. Now, in... In Magic's history, there have been cards that have been printed uncommon, or let's say rare, for instance, that have been reprinted as common in later formats, or vice versa. They were originally printed common and later reprinted as uncommon or rare. And so e even if you were to play a card that was once a rare or is now a rare, it is legal and popper as long as as it was a common at one point. Uh, Popper is really, really popular on the Magic Online uh, program, but in paper, it's not so much, depending on where your area is, or, I mean, depending on how your game store is as well. Want to hear about some other really lesser-known formats that can be played? Um, I'm going to go through them down the list here, and I'm not going to describe each one. Uh, let's start with other limited formats that are... You know, that are played, don't get me wrong, there are people that play them, but it is just far, far, far fewer people that play them. Um, Pack Wars, Solomon Draft, Pick a Pack, Duplicate Sealed, Winston Draft, Backdraft, Rotisserie Draft, which I've done, it's very fun. Um, Reject Rare Draft, Continuous Draft, Cube Draft, which I've mentioned before. Um, wow, they have that on the list. Now, for constructed formats, there's Tribal Wars, Star, Singleton, Prismatic, Vanguard, Build Your Own Standard, uh, Build Your Own Block, Block Party, uh, Multiplayer Formats, Free For All. Uh, free For All, I mean, heck, that's the kind of format we used to play when we were kids. It would just be sort of, um, you know, we'd all just get 60 card decks and just play. I mean, that, that's probably the format I remember playing the most as a kid. Uh, Chaos, Grand Melee, uh, Emperor, and all right, Alternative, Fat Stack, and Mental Magic, Reverse Mental Magic, DC 10 Type 4. Okay, that's just getting weird. But yeah, those are some uh, other formats that can be played as well. And um, they they all have their fun for them. But as I mentioned before, the most popular formats are going to be standard, modern, legacy, vintage, uh, commander. And then there's booster draft and sealed deck. And those are probably the most popular formats for Magic. So that's what I was saying before. That is one of the best things about Magic the Gathering is there are so many ways to play it. You know, you're getting bored of doing nothing but standard. Go play some Commander. Or you're getting bored of Commander. You know, why don't you go do a booster draft or something? Um, just so many great ways to play. I mean, endless possibilities of building decks and you know that it's it's just all around fun i mean i can keep going on and on about all the formats and how great each one is um you know i have had past episodes talking about specific formats um i've done a commander episode i know i've done um i've done a popper episode just now i know i've done limited episodes about booster draft and sealed so you know you can so if you're brand new to the show, go back, you know, go subscribe on iTunes or Google Play or look it up on YouTube about other um, formats that I've talked about. If you're really interested, uh, I've always had guests on the show 
And um, so I know I keep mentioning game stores, game stores. What's, what's a game store? Um, game store is, you know, they have become a lot more popular in the past couple years. Um, it's a place where you can go and play magic. Um, Wizards of the Coast does have a way to look up to see if there's any game stores nearby your area. Um, best place to look up is just called games. Just do a Google search for magic, the gathering game store locator, and you'll get to the wizards website should be the first link or something. And, you know, just put in your zip code and see what's nearby. Uh, what's really cool about game stores is if they're official, if they're officially with wizards of the coast, they can, um, you can do something called every Friday night called Friday night magic, which is a really casual kind of tournament, I guess where most of the time it's going to be the standard format, but others that I've seen will have standard modern uh, booster draft uh, two headed giant. Maybe. Oh, that's another one that I didn't mention two headed giant where it's you and a friend facing another friend with, um, you know, you both have 60 card decks and there's only one life total as well. Uh, really fun format, but no game store is, uh, most of the time a really cool place to go and just hang out with some people, you know, depending on how much they charge for the tournament. You know, if you do really well, you have the chance of winning more magic boosters or winning some store credit or actual some money, depending on how they do it. And, you know, it's just a lot of fun, a great way to spend a Friday night. And they and some game stores have events that happen every day of the week. So, like I said, if you're really if you're really starting to get interested, I implore you all to check out your local game store. Really, really um, awesome places for the most part. So I've talked about a little bit about me and I've talked about, you know, a, a lot about what Magic the Gathering is. Um, so how can you get started in Magic the Gathering? Uh, one of the best places to start if you're really, really interested and in wanting to just check it out. Uh, Wizards has come out with a really good program that teaches you the very basics of how to play Magic the Gathering. And that is a program you can find it on an iPhone or an Android or it's it's free. It's on it's on Steam. It's on Xbox One. It's called Magic Duels. It is a free-to-play program. I mean, yes, you can put money into it. I mean, heck, that's every app nowadays. But it's completely free to start up, and it has its own like little single-player missions that you can do. But what's really cool about it is it teaches you the extreme basics of the game. It really does a good job of holding your hand, teaching you, you know, what the basic rules are. It's not perfect. It's not perfect. I'll, I'll tell you that right now, but it is a really good tool for new players. And I recommend it to everybody who, um, wants to be able to play. So then you may be asking yourself, so what if I just want some physical cards though? So if you don't have a game store nearby, or if you do, uh, you know, I definitely, I definitely recommend checking out the game store first, but if you don't, you know, Target and Walmart do sell magic cards there. And if you just want to get in and play you and a friend, just want to start playing right away. Probably some of the best things that you can buy are either what they call now. Uh, they used to be called intro decks. They're now called planeswalker decks 
or you can get a dual deck. A dual deck is a product that you buy. It's usually about 20 to 25 bucks. It's two decks that are made specifically to play against each other. Uh, Planeswalker decks are just decks by themselves. I mean, they're not really meant to be played against each other. It, it will yeah, not not really. I mean, you can, but they also come with two booster packs as well. So I really recommend either looking into intro decks or planeswalker decks. But if you're pretty pretty um you know think you're savvy at deck building and you're new to the game, then I also recommend looking into the deck builders toolkit that Wizard sells. It's a it's a kit. It's usually about 20 bucks. It comes with about two to 300 cards and a bunch of boosters. And you should be able to build about two to three decks out of that 60 card decks and um, just go at it from there. And like I said, so if you want to learn the, if you want to get started, there's magic duels. But if you really want the paper cards, I look into the intro decks and the planeswalker decks. So that's all well and good. So you now have heard you know, a little bit about me and you've heard about what Magic the Gathering is and also how to start playing as well. So what about this podcast, Magic with Zuby? What is its intended purpose? Uh, Magic with Zuby is, its intended purpose is to be a podcast all about Magic the Gathering um, from talking about decks that are doing really well or even my personal decks and how I've done at certain tournaments. And I've also been working on bringing community icons and content creators and pro players onto the podcast to talk about Magic the Gathering and their input and takes on certain topics as well. Um, I've had judges on, I've had pro players on, I've had content creators, I've had streamers, um, you know, all really awesome people to talk to, uh, really fun to, you know, have them on and, you know, BS about magic. And it's, you know, I try, I try to always make each episode new and unique in, in a sense. Um, this podcast is out weekly and I, usually record about a week ahead of time some some weeks you know depending on how my schedule is i may record you know the night before i'm supposed to release an episode which i know my um my people that when i publish them they're not happy about that but you know it happens sorry <laughs> but i mean it is it is a lot of fun like i said before near the beginning i have a lot of fun doing this and i'm really happy where it's come and gone to so, like I said, it's I always try new stuff with every episode. Um, I'm not afraid to do something new. I'm not afraid to just, you know, try try out something new. And because, you know, I don't want to do the same old, same old every single time. And yeah, so I guess what we can talk a little bit about before we get going is something that I guess, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have already talked about it and, um, hold on. Where is it? Ah, it's this article that has come out from the new CEO from wizards of the coast, Chris Cox. And let me just read what it says. It's a pretty short little memo that he released and it says, and I quote, since joining wizards of the coast last summer, I've had the chance to talk to many passionate employees, partners, and fans about their experiences with our games and their hopes and dreams for our future. 
We're channeling this passion as we make some exciting moves to bring players bigger and better experiences. The biggest move involves adjustments to and increased investments in our digital teams that will give us the capability and flexibility necessary to fully realize the enormous potential of our games. Here's what that means. We are reimagining digital versions of Magic and other Wizards games. We recently created the Digital Game Studio, a group of all-stars led by industry veteran Jeffrey Steffel. Jeffrey's team includes experienced Wizards game designers and industry talent from Direwolf Digital, Valve Corporation, Cryptic Studios, Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment, Activision, Bioware, and many others. The Magic Online team is now included in this group as well as digital art and game design. They're all thinking about how players might tap mana and prepare spells in the future, and I can't wait for you to see what they're working on. We will bring our characters and worlds to other games and experiences. What would it be like to throw fireballs as a planeswalker in an MMO or quest for treasure with your friends in a D&D augmented reality game? We want to play games like this too, so we hired David Schwartz, an industry veteran with 25 years of experience leading projects at Microsoft, Electronic Arts, THQ, Leapfrog Enter Enterprises, and Midway Games. He's building a publishing team to explore partnerships and collaborations that will bring magic and D&D to unexpected settings genres and platforms we will make your wizard experiences with more efficient connected and convenient from getting matched in a big tournament to tracking your achievements to simply getting friends together for a game night there's a lot that goes into a good experience with a game outside of the game itself a revamped technology team led by wizard aaron Goolsby will be focused on connecting these kinds of in-store and online interactions so you have cohesive and connected experiences with our games. These are just some of the changes happening at Wizards of the Coast as we continue our mission to bring, bring people together through their shared love of games. Stay tuned for more updates and let us know what you think. So my thoughts right away on this was a little bit iffy. It was um, sort of... I, I guess what a lot of other people are thinking, well, if they're going to be getting rid of magic online, what's going to happen to people's collections? I mean, that did sort of cause a panic to, for people and they started selling off their collections on the magic online program. Um, magic online is different from magic duels. Just so you know, um, it's magic online is more of uh, paper, the paper game in a digital atmosphere. Um, I, that's the easiest way to put it. But what I really find interesting here is that, um, he mentions what would it be like to throw fireballs as a planeswalker in an MMO? Um, with it being a card game, there is a story behind this game. There have been many books written for magic, the gathering, which I have downloaded and I'm preparing to read very soon. So it sounds really interesting that there may be an MMO involved with that. Um, I mean, if there is going to be an MMO, let's just hope it's better than the D&D Online MMO. That was pretty bad. I mean, it had a lot of really cool concepts, but just executed very poorly. Uh, I mean, the thing that kind of gets me about that is, should they really focus on an MMO? I feel like one of the first things they should focus on first is, let's get the digital atmosphere of Magic the Gathering down packed. You know, let's get that done and out of the way um, because we all know that Hearthstone is a much better card game to play online and Magic is what is probably the best game to play on paper. Um, you know, I do enjoy playing Magic the Gathering online, but let's just be honest here. Hearthstone makes way more money, leaps and bounds ahead of Magic online. Um, I don't know if it... I'm not sure how much money... 
Magic makes as a whole when it combines its paper and online, but it's probably still not more than Hearthstone because let's just be honest, Hearthstone is huge. It's humongous. All right. And um, like I said, I if if we can get a proper Magic Online digital client, it'll just blow people out of the water. Now, at least that's what I like to think and feel. I, I want to come at this with a positive attitude because if you're an avid listener of my podcast, you know my thoughts and feelings on the Magic Online platform. It's not good. And I want to remain optimistic that they can do this. Magic Duels is a really good start to the digital platform of Magic. The, my biggest gripe with Magic Duels, and I would play it a lot more, is if it did not have the deck building restrictions that it currently has right now. And what I mean by that, if you're not familiar with it, is you can only have one unique Mythic Rare in your deck. So um, Archangel Avacyn is a Mythic Rare card. You can only have one of the, one of Archangel Avacyn in your deck. Unlike in the paper version or even the Magic Online version, you can have four of you know, Archangel Avazin. When it comes to rares, you can only have two of them. When it comes to uncommons, you can only have three of them. And commons, you can have four. Um, I hate that they restrict it like that. And they also don't include every single card in the Magic Duel sets as well, which drives me crazy. And it's probably due to a programming issue as well. Um, I mean, who knows what kind of engine they have and the magic duels and what its limitations are. I certainly don't know. I am not a programmer by any means, but I mean, it, it is disappointing that when they release a new set and not every single card in that set is released on the magic duels. <sighs> All right. So like I said, I think wizards first needs to get the digital platform out up for the magic card game. First, more than anything, you know, MMO sounds really cool. Forget it until Magic Online becomes what it needs to be. Um, I mean, there's talks of a movie that they're trying to, you know, make and release. You know, forget the movie, get a digital atmosphere created in Magic Online. Um, you know, some sort of augmented reality game. That would actually be pretty cool. Um, you know, wearing a VR headset and you look at it. You know, it could be you look at a table or something and, oh, look, there's like your magic magic deck right there or something. And you're sort of, you know, playing with the magic cards or something. I, I don't know. Something like that. It just sounds pretty cool. Um, but, you know, a lot of people have been sort of downplaying this announcement. I'm excited about it because to me, it seems like the. I mean, it feels a little bit too late because it's 2017, but they are trying to get magic online where it needs to be. And hopefully whatever they decide to do, you know, they make sure people with existing collections can move their cards over. And, you know, I, I I'm excited about this. Let's, I want to know more, you know, what's the plans here? I, I I'm excited. Let's get it done. Let's get it done over with. All right. Have I talked your ear off long enough? I feel like I have, uh, we're going on almost an hour here, and it's just been me rambling on. Yeah, there are episodes of me where I'm just solo and just going on and on and on and on about whatever particular topic. But, you know, that's that's what I do. And then, um, you know, I do have guests on the show as well. So I just want to thank you all for listening. Um, 
this was sort of a reintroduction episode. Uh, I'm, I'm mainly doing this because now that I'm on the podcast radio network, I want people to understand who I am, what I do, and what Magic the Gathering is. And I really hope you enjoy it and enjoy further episodes down the line. And thanks for listening, everybody. And if you want to get a hold of me, just get a hold of me at mtgzubi at gmail.com. And thanks for listening again and have a great night, everybody.